Ryan, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Because I could hear you too. <laughs> that's a good thing. I, I guess, guess that's the point. Yeah, that's the point, right? Yeah, I guess so. Listen, what are we? What are we talking about out here? We weren't going to act like this was going to. Uh, we're out here. We're going to do the show. We're operating off some software. Uh, in which I'm uh, just familiarizing myself with right now, I believe, as you are as well. We got the microphones in action, and I think it's going to work out good, right? What do you think? I'm, I'm hoping so. I I'm definitely feel like a professional with the uh, with the microphone. So, <laughs> you know, you you know, my dad told me once, long, long time ago. He told me, uh, you can't get arrested for doing a bad podcast. <laughs> Oh, we back for another one, right? <laughs> Bags are packed. Hey, Tommy, you ready? Let's go. We going in. Hey, yeah. it's the night before the cruising. If I'm honest, I ain't sleeping. But even if I could, I'd be dreaming about this weekend. All the fun we about to have as we taking this vacation. Always be booked on our way to embarkation. Because we know it's in store. Pockets and palm trees. Tropical sea breeze and frozen daiquiris. Oh, please. Thank you, sir. Yes, I think I'll have another. Please don't blow my cover because I'm passing on the muster. Bring a lover. Bring a friend. Bring someone you just met. It ain't snowing where we going. And the good times never end. Here's the five more years. Drinking beers, running beers Thanks for giving us your ears Through the laughter and the tears But we just getting started out here Give us a holler If you're looking, you can find us Somewhere south of the Bahamas Getting hotter as we go Cones and we united So sound that horn Cause everybody's invited All aboard and welcome ladies and gentlemen To the Always Be Booked Cruisecast show Coming to you not quite live from multiple locations I'm your host Tommy Casabona We have another host, dare I say a co-host This makes us both co-hosts here I want to introduce the world to Ryan Quattromani Is that how I say your name Ryan? Because I always call you Ryan Q I, I nailed it? Yeah I mean Ryan Q has a, has a good... Uh good ring to it but yeah quattromani you're right all right so so maybe for like purposes of um you know the show and just kind of like have it have that be your on-air persona persona maybe we'll do that yeah all right let's do it cool why not ladies and gentlemen you know we've been doing this show for a long time i don't know six seven years i don't know what it is but there's been a lot of iterations there's been you know we all made it through those dark times of the staycation days we've done a lot we've we've been through a lot the patreons and everything and i think this newest uh i guess evolution of the show it has myself uh inviting ryan q to join us as a co-host now ryan if you haven't heard a couple of the very, very successful and popular Thursday conversations that we've done, uh, has put his best foot forward as both a cruise commentator, a guest on the show, and as a cruiser in general. And I think, hey, why not have you, I guess, maybe turn this thing into a little bit more of a, I, I, I guess, a regular occurrence, dare I say, permanent for the foreseeable. So um, Ryan... Can you remind the cones a little bit about your cruising resume? Sure. Well, first I'll say thanks for inviting me on the show. It's uh, it's uh, really something that I'm excited about. And I think the first two uh, podcasts that we partnered on uh, were well received. So I'm, I'm happy that uh, that we have the opportunity now to, to continue creating uh, 
creating content. So uh, I'm very excited for this, and I'm a relatively new uh, member of of the Always Be Booked community uh, compared to some others. But um, I I, uh, I for sure thank you for for inviting me on. So yeah, I'm an avid cruiser. I, uh, the listeners who who tuned in uh, before know, but uh, yeah, over 50 cruises on my uh, cruising resume. I'm based out of New York City. Uh, I'm on the younger side uh, of, uh, as a cruiser and, and typically cruise solo um, for the most part. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I've cruised a lot in recent years, uh, fueled by COVID, honestly, I'm cruising the most I've ever cruised uh, now. And that's, give, you know, that's because of the flexibility that I'm given out of this post-COVID uh, world that we're, we're navigating. So I'm happy to be here. Uh, I'm very passionate about cruising. Uh, so I, I'm really excited for this. Yeah, it, it was pretty natural. Like when, when we first met, it was under wacky circumstances. We were both on a solo cruise. There were a lot of moving parts, a lot of things going on on that particular sailing, including including your uh, very controversial bar crawl that we covered in the uh, pre- <laughs> previous episodes. But uh, I will say once we kind of got on land and kind of started communicating and you started getting a feel for the show and what the always be booked thing was, it it, it it kind of it felt like you kind of took to it and you can relate to it and did you say 50 cruises with a 50 yeah i need to do a count and i don't that's not going to be easy because i don't remember them all uh if you were to ask me uh, offhand i'd have to go into all of my cruise uh login uh, cruise accounts and and look at my cruise history and and just do a count the last time i did a count I think I was in the 40s, and that was uh, quite some time ago. So I know I'm over 50 by now. So, <laughs> and you're not a you're not a cruise card saver. No, no, I I, I could probably spell out always be booked instead of ABB, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't save the you know I do find them occasionally in my luggage or in a shirt pocket, but no, it's not uh, it's not something I do uh, you know as a as a as a token of the cruise, but. Now that was a very slick reference. I'm not sure if everybody grasped onto it. Uh, Ryan is referring to the, uh, I guess, the uh, cover photo in the Always Be Both group where I tried to, al- I try. It's a stretch too. I had to kind of like try to align the ABB letter by letter uh, using my cruise cards to make the shape of it. And uh, Ryan was referring to that. Yes, you'd have no problem probably doing the whole. You know, you wouldn't even need the acronym. Uh, <laughs> Something I was driving today and uh, something came across my, I think, you know, I don't know if you are like me. I often freaking, and it's weird. There's some weirdo shit right here. I dream about cruising a lot and it's, it's bizarre to me. I think we were in distress in my, in my last dream about a cruise. I got a quick question and I was thinking about it. Like 50 cruises, pretty decorated resume. Can you point right now, spur of the moment, we didn't prepare this at all. I'm just putting you on the spot. When were you, if at all ever, most or at all concerned for your safety on a cruise? Interesting. Uh, hmm. Uh, what, what, what does that look like? I want to say 
And I, and I do apologize for, for bringing the show to a screeching halt because, like I said, this is probably something we probably should have prepped, and that's my fault. But it, it was just a random thought. Did you ever have any, whether it was uh, you know sea turbulence, whether it was a false alarm, whether it was something that happened on, on, on land while you were in a port? No, there's a lot of uh, – yeah, there, there's a lot of stories I can share. And, and uh, no, I'm sure we'll have a lot of these moments. So it's uh, it's all good. Uh, yeah, I've had my fair share of, of turbulence at sea. Um, I remember distinctly on the uh, Norwegian gem. Uh, that was also a longer cruise. I mean, similar itinerary to where I met, uh, when I met you on the gem. I think it was a 10-day cruise and – uh, we were at sea for, I believe, the back four and a half days. So we had like two ports canceled and we had to get back up to New York quickly um, because of a storm approaching. And I remember vividly, you know, this moment where I was in the in the uh, nightclub uh, bliss, I think is a bliss lounge on the gym. This was before they renovated it. But uh, I was sitting at the bar, and of course, I I choose to drink uh, when it's really rough out there. Uh, that's how I respond to turbulence at sea. But uh, so I was sitting at the bar <laughs> and having a few drinks, and I just remember uh, it was it got really really rough. And I mean, you know, I don't want to scare people off from cruising, and I I don't tell uh, I don't tell the story to people I'm trying to convince to go on a cruise with me, but. I remember sitting at the bar and, and all of the liquor had fall uh, fell off the the shelf in the uh, in the bar on the floor and shattered everywhere and and uh, you're familiar with the with bars I know that and and uh, you know they had this divider the metal bar that comes out of the the countertop you know to divide divide the serving station uh, from where the guests are sitting anyway I remember holding on to that metal bar and uh, like for my life, it seemed. And, and I got back to my cabin that night. Everything was all over the place. The whole bathroom was, uh, you know, all my toiletries were on the floor. And so that was definitely a, a, a bizarre sort of scary moment, but I was drinking. So I, I wasn't too uh, frightened in the moment. I mean, it, it was unfortunate. We had ports canceled and I know people were like deathly sick. Uh, I, I was fine. Uh, there was another sailing out of Baltimore on the Enchantment of the Seas. Not necessarily a scary mo- moment, but another one of those stories where, you know, you always remember, uh, even after all these cruises, uh, these kind of stories. I, I remember we boarded. We were at the sail away party. I was with my uh, my family at the time, and uh, it was like four o'clock sail away party. The captain came on and said, "We can't set sail." Uh, there's uh, engine uh, trouble, and we're going to be here in, until at least 8 or 9 p.m. Okay, fine. So we go to dinner. We're enjoying the first night of the cruise. And uh, he comes back on around 9.30 and says, oh, no, we're, you know, we're still doing the maintenance on, the, on one of the two uh, pods there. You know? uh, and go to sleep. It'll be fine. You'll wake up tomorrow. You'll be at sea. No problem. Well, we wake up in Baltimore. There was certainly a problem. <laughs> so we get, uh, <sighs> apparently we get the engine working, we get out to sea, and there's a tropical storm. And that was going, uh, I don't know where that was. It was a longer cruise, um, but it was going south for sure. And 
we lost the engine on our way down uh, from Baltimore. So whatever they did to allegedly fix it did not work or it worked temporarily. So we really couldn't navigate the storm. It took, uh, I think it was five days just to get to Florida because we couldn't, we slowed way down. We only had one engine. We're trying to navigate this rough weather. Uh, everybody was sick, right? So, and everybody was complaining too, of course, because all of the ports basically were canceled by that time. So we get to Florida and they said, you know, your cruise is on us. It's, it's, we're already, we're processing the refunds. Everybody's getting a hundred percent refund to your original payment method, not by way of a future cruise certificate to your original form of payment. And you can stay on, you could choose to stay on and, uh, and we're going to get back to Baltimore. We're going to do the repairs in Florida and then we're going to get back to Baltimore. So many passengers got off in Florida. I mean, they were like, they were traumatized by that, that, sailed down to Florida and, uh, and they got off and flew home, which I think the cruise line did arrange for flights home as well. If you opted for that. Um, but we, we just made the decision to say, okay, we already got the free cruise. You know, I think that, I think formal night was that night. It's like, yeah, let's stay on. Let's have some lobster. Let's, uh, why not? They're going to fix it. Hopefully. I mean, they have to get it, get it right. And we found out later that they had like, uh, shipped parts from France to Florida urgently to, to, to do the maintenance and it worked out, but you know, and I can tell you story after story, but there are all of these moments where, yeah, I wasn't necessarily frightened, but, uh, there's stories, uh, you were drunk, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't drunk back then. I think I was 20. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wasn't drunk. It was Royal Caribbean. I couldn't quite sneak it, but <laughs> It's it's alarmingly uh, scary how how similar your first story, the first one, was to my absolute worst one as well. Same thing. Longer cruise, nine, ten-day cruise out of New York City on the gem on the back couple of days, the back end of the cruise, and it wasn't nightclub hours. It was like getting into dinner. I just remember specifically just everybody bouncing around the ship and I'm walking and I, and I was passing a, an older gentleman who was, who was large, large and like a six foot three, maybe 260 pounds, like older gentleman who was clearly having some mobility issues, but you know, he could walk, but it was, I think he had a cane or something, or he was just, you know, he was favoring something. He was just older and, and just having some issues. And he, and we just looked at each other and shared a smile out of, just how crazy this weather is and how much the the uh the ship was getting tossed and when we passed each other about four seconds after that i hear a thud and he was on the ground and it was bad and then you know we helped him up and then that kind of just you know an hour later i'm in uh Le Bistro and everybody who had those kind of champagne holders, the sh the champagne uh, you know holders that that were like stand up versions, they were just dropping like flies. And yes, eventually the liquor, I mean at least five six bottles of liquor came crashing to the ground behind the bar, which I I can't believe they still don't have that figured out. I mean you know have a little bit more security with the bottles of liquor, but well yeah. 
they've got the cellophane wrap or or whatever. <laughs> yeah, or just build them, design them so that you know what it's in a little bit more of a, I guess, a secure or like you know structure where it's not there's not an, enough maneuverability for it to kind of fall off. But it was just a thought that I had kind of randomly as I was driving, and I'm like, you know, I was just thinking about our show tonight, and I was just thinking about where you, what you've done and where you've been, and I I thought your number was like around thirty. Um, but yeah, no, it's over, over 50. So I'm like, man, when you take 50 cruises out of all the great, amazing, memorable, cherishable times that you have that, you know, you'll, you'll, you just, just think fondly and smile about forever. Yeah. That's the cruise life we live. There's going to be a couple of times where it goes awry. You're dealing with mother nature. You're dealing with the elements. You're dealing with a lot of moving parts. So I just wanted to kind of I guess get your take on that, and uh, yeah, that makes sense. So, all right, let's yeah. get into a couple of things. I wanted to, um, I wanted to, I guess, just run through. I don't want to call it cruise news because it's not necessarily what we're going to do. What we'll probably do is pick a couple of things that are hot and being discussed in the industry right now, and maybe give a little bit of an offbeat, irreverent reaction to it. Uh, I would like to start out with Starbucks. As if they need to make any more money. Uh, they're doing these things called uh, been there mugs on Norwegian cruise ships. Have you heard of this? Yes. Yep. It's made the headlines. <laughs> yeah. So so they're launching this on the Viva in August. And there's going to be a different version of the mug for many of the uh ships across the cruise line they're going to feature designs that are you know whether they're appropriate and they kind of uh, go along with the ship they're going to coincide with the hull art in many cases with vibrant colors uh they're going to add some quality and attractive packaging what do you think are you are you you, first of all are you a coffee slash starbucks drinker i am yeah i do uh you know i just got back from a work trip in canada and uh like we have Starbucks on every street corner in New York City, they have Tim Hortons. And I realize, you know, I, I, I like Starbucks, but sometimes it's just what I have at my uh, at, at hand. And I like Dunkin' Donuts. I like Tim Hortons, whatever. But uh, Starbucks, yeah, it's uh, it's very expensive. It's a, an expensive habit, but I, I do drink a lot of coffee. I, I try to stick to the Nespresso at home or at work. Uh, but, yeah, I do enjoy Starbucks. And on board, I... Uh, I usually opt for the proud, we proudly serve Starbucks instead of the official Starbucks because I want to leverage the drink package. Of course, not on NCL, which is another debate, <laughs> but on Royal Caribbean, at least you can have the specialty coffee included in the drink package. And uh, I'm just not really spending eight or nine dollars on a coffee on board a ship. Uh, it, it's for some people, and I know they've come out with packages specific to to coffee now on, on board because they want to make it its own revenue uh, stream instead of combining it with the, the drink package. But uh, I get by with the regular coffee and usually it's to nurse a hangover anyway. So uh, I, uh, I do like coffee. It's, it's part of my regular routine and I do, I do uh, drink it on board, but you won't see me paying eight or $9 for a Starbucks. Well, I get I get crushed because yeah, I, I said it to I said it even during the pandemic when I was out of work and savings were dwindling and I'm down in South Florida, you know what I mean? Kind of like, you know, not necessarily terrified, but you know, keeping an eye on that bank account and couldn't help but notice that it was uh it, 
there was more, uh, there were digits that were um, being subtracted more than they were added. And uh, it was a thing, but I would continue to buy that Starbucks, that Dunkin' Donuts. I'd be like, you know what? I just kind of, I just, self-awareness is important. I guess I just found that out about myself is that that'll be one of the last things to go as irresponsible as it is, uh, you know, the, the purchasing of the overpriced coffee, but here's where I get crushed because I'm going to double whammy. And it's kind of occurred to me like a couple of I guess weeks ago as well, where I'm living in a casino. I'm living in Atlantic City and everywhere I go, whatever I do, whatever I want to do is basically uh, hit over the top with a vacation tax. And I don't mean just a necessarily a tax, but you know that when you're in a casino, when you're in anywhere uh, that's kind of, I guess, made for tourists or made when people are running around with quote unquote fresh wallets, they're going to give, I mean, a chicken, a chicken Caesar wrap is $16. So my Starbucks, my Trenta cold brew that I do get, the price that would be the regular price that I would have to pay would be $8 and change for a, a, a black Trenta cold brew. And uh, right. I do get a little bit of a discount, but it's a mess. No, it, it's that's ridiculous. And I, I totally get it. Yeah, it's something you can't really avoid in, in AC. It's designed, obviously, to yeah. to bring in uh, you know people that aren't in the neighborhood and, and uh, for a short time and yeah. get their money and, and sort of be on their way. But I can imagine living down there, yeah, it can be taxing with everything uh, – with everything uh, that you need, you know, to live. Yeah, no, I've detailed a couple of the obstacles in some of the Patreons, but it's uh, it's 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 a lot, it's a lot. But that's not what we're here to talk about. But let me ask you this: getting back to the mug situation, so you're on a cruise, you know, there's a lot of people that collect things, whether it's T-shirts, whether it's shot glasses, whether it's refrigerator mugs, um, sh- uh, model cruise ships. I don't know. I don't think I would necessarily get into this, but if I was a hot coffee uh, mug drinker, this might be something that I would be into. What do you think of it as a uh, as a as a you know as a product? Do you think it's a a cool little collector's item, or is it a is it a money grab? It's both. You won't find me buying them. Uh, I, I I'm and honestly, mugs in general, I always kind of find it intriguing that people are buying mugs and, sh- and shot glasses too. You mentioned it. Uh, my cabinets are, are already yeah. full of uh, glassware. I don't need to bring home uh, a mug from everywhere I go and it ends up being a different size, but that that's just my preference because then I can't fit it in the, uh, in the cabinet <laughs> and they're all different shapes and sizes. But anyway, uh, yeah, you won't see me buying them. I mean, I, I think whatever, if it, I don't see it as a, uh, as a bad thing. I think if people want to buy their mug, on board, fine. Uh, and if they're going to Starbucks to buy a mug, I, I think uh, they're willing to pay for it. So yeah, it could be a money money grab, but I don't think it's uh, it's they're not seeking out new uh, you know people that wouldn't already be buying something like that, in my opinion. So I mean, I think it's something right. to collect. I'm not a collector. I I don't even hold on to my room keys. You know, we just talked about. I don't, you won't see me in the straw market in Nassau buying anything. I I bring I uh can oh, buy some right. uh, I buy some rum occasionally here and there but uh, but yeah in terms of trinkets I'm not at the fear of being judged by Ryan I will say that I do collect the shot glasses um, listen more power to you I do have a full box I probably I probably have about 
Yeah. It, it's a thing. Like I, it just gives me a little bit of warmth when I see them and I see the one that says Curacao or I see the one that says Grand Turk and a, a memory hits me. And, you know, it's just, again, all kinds of kinds. Everybody. You know, I, I may have lied. I think, yeah, I do have a lot of magnets. It's not something like religiously that like I don't I don't need to pick up a mat like I was just in Toronto. I don't need to get a magnet. Right. Right. But I do accumulate them. So I, I maybe I uh, that was a, a fib. I do. Uh, I do okay. have a lot of magnets and, and I do enjoy looking at them. Uh, on so the you fridge. like the magnets? Yeah. Yeah, I used to do uh, hot sauce too. I used to do, but they, that became a pain in the neck to carry. <laughs> you just don't get your bang for your buck. You carry this sh- shot glass three thousand months, two thousand miles, and then you know you got a whole bag full of it, and then boom, one recipe. It's you know you try to make some uh, roasted roast pork, and it's done. So I stopped with the sh- with the uh, hot sauce, and really at the end of the day, those hot sauces. You know they're mass produced. A lot of times they're a lot of times they're made in China. You're not necessarily always getting the authentic, uh, you know, regional, you know, hot sauce of the locals when you buy it from those those uh, straw markets, as you say. It's it's labeling. I mean, I work in consumer goods. Yeah, I'm sure it's the same hot sauce, and they partner with different companies and 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 put a new label on it. You know, you, you hope they're not doing that, but I'm sure that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. All right, let's move it over to MSC. MSC is trying to go global again. Uh, we've been hearing about this for a while, and I'm not knocking it. I went on my first MSC cruise this past year. I did enjoy it. I had a good time. I have no problems with MSC, but it just seems as though it's almost like I quote – I. I I kind of equate MSC to the World Cup. Every time the World Cup comes around, oh, this is it. This is the year the USA is finally going to accept soccer as a regular mainstream big four or big five sport. Soccer is going to go mainstream. And then three months after the World Cup, nobody gives a crap about soccer. Uh, And you hear the similar scenario with MSC. You've been hearing for the last six, seven years that MSC, watch out Carnival, watch out Royal Caribbean. MSC is about to do an invasion of the North American market. Let me ask you, Ryan, what do you think? Do you think they've made as much headway as they've been publicizing, or do you think they still have some ways to go? They have a long way to go. I don't see them, when in terms of you know focusing specifically on the North American market, I don't see them uh, inf- uh, infiltrating the top three. I-, I see the top three being the top three for uh, maybe even indefinitely, I- I- unless something dramatic happens uh, and we saw COVID happen and, and-, and it didn't affect the top three. Uh, in-, in terms of status, of course, it affected the top three. But in terms of uh, uh, their ranking, uh, no one went bankrupt, right? And that was always the the – you know, fear or, or, you know, everyone was hopping on that. Oh, cruising, uh, cruising's over. But, you know, we saw that uh, they survived uh, COVID. So I, I don't see whatever it may be that could dramatically shift uh, the ranking. Uh, I, do, I just don't see it happening. And I think MSC can really make a name for themselves in North America. And honestly, they targeted me. I just went on uh, the MSC uh, Maravilla for the, uh, and that was my first MSC cruise. So I just did that uh, in June. And so, uh, you know, I think they have an opportunity in North America, um, but I don't know that it's going to, to really disrupt what's already here. I think it's going to be incremental. 
it's going to be another consumer option, which is great. I, and I think I'm very excited about it being in New York, uh, particularly, and, and there is a lot of buzz in the Northeast, uh, because they're now home porting in Brooklyn. Uh, so it's, it's sort of is news up here. And I think they're, they're showing, you know, that they're, they're serious about this, uh, about, about ta uh, tapping into the North American market. And, and in this way, the Northeast market, they sponsored the Knicks, like you see MSC, uh, uh, when you, when you're watching a basketball game now. So they're, they are putting their money behind their, uh, behind what they're saying, uh, in a way, but I, I which is crazy because the Nets are in Brooklyn, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the Knicks that they picked. Yeah, so I, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm sure it was whoever cut them, whoever cut them the best deal at that point. But yeah, I, I don't. I just see it as being incremental, and we could talk more about MSC. I, I, I think it's uh, it's intriguing to me because I, I went on it, I experienced it, I would do it again. But the diehard, and no offense, but the diehard uh, MSC cruisers, you know, that maybe aren't willing to try other lines or they've tried other lines and they were like, no MSC out, you know, was, was way better. And I, I don't, I didn't experience that to me. That's very surprising. I think it left a lot to be desired for me and for what I am used to. And I, I've got experience across many, many cruise lines, princess, carnival, uh, Norwegian, Royal Caribbean. I mean, uh, celebrity. I've, I've been on a lot of cruise lines uh, and MSC, was a great experience. I'm not arguing that, but um, I'm I'm really surprised when I hear about these like diehard MSC folks. And the ships are beautiful. The experience to me was lacking. And uh, do they have an opportunity in North America? Yes, I think they're serious about it. You see it in in what they're doing and, and that sponsorship in the Northeast. Uh, they just invited all their travel agents that are based in the Northeast on a free cruise. Uh, on the Meraviglia. So I think they're, they are really uh, committed to, to what they're, what they're hoping to achieve, but I, I don't see it happening. I, I don't think that the uh, American consumer or the North American consumer, if you, if you look at it uh, in terms of this side of the world, I think they're used to what they've had for many years and they enjoy that product and they may try MSC and, and, and depending on the price they could, you know, they could go on a few. I think it's competitive enough where you can uh, go on MSC. And like I said, I'd do it again. It wasn't my favorite cruise by a lot, by a, by a lot, but I would do it again. Um, but I think that, that this this type of consumer, this North American cruiser is really comfortable with the options they have now. And, and it's really going to take a lot more effort for MSC to, to tap into that. I, I totally agree. It's just that I don't understand what the problem is. Like I, I, they have these gorgeous, beautiful ships. I mean, as good as they come, as far as it, just ship for ship. Since they came out with the, I believe it was the Seaside was the first one that really kind of, you know, took MSC to a different level from a design standpoint, and then you know all the way through, you know, the newest ship that they have out now, which we'll talk about in a second, but. Why can't they just get the experience right? The the model is right in front of them. Every single one of these cruise lines steal from the other. And you can call it stealing. You can call it borrowing. You can call it just keeping up with the Joneses and, and, and doing your due diligence and making sure you're staying with the trends. Why is – I mean, not that you're going to know, but I, I just can't figure out why MSC – 
just continuously has a subpar onboard experience when there's multiple examples of what they should be doing as clear as day right in front of them. I feel like I could go on and program an MSC cruise and get them, I mean, miles closer to where they want to be, but they continue and insist on having, you know, a, a very lackluster, I guess, a calendar of events from a day-to-day standpoint. They continue to, I guess, staff it with people who don't understand how to really entertain. What, what, are, what are we missing here? Why do you think they're just not getting it? I don't know. And there are a lot of examples on my on this, uh, and I'm not going to claim to be an MSC expert. I did it once, and I, I always uh, tell people to to do it more than once before you form like a you know a, a solid opinion on something. But uh, I think it. I, I agree with you. I think it lacks a lot. Uh, I will give them credit on the Meraviglia, and again, I can't speak to to it in terms of comparison to other MSC ships or or, uh, or a time a period of time. But I know that the sailing I went on in June. Uh, out of New York was uh, what maybe more similar to what you'd expect on a North American uh, ship or cruise line. And I did ask and gauge the opinion of of some of the uh, returning MSC uh, cruisers and they agreed. I mean, I think you've got the, uh, I forgot her name already, but um, the cruise director on the Maravilla, you know, she's an American. She, She's worked in cruising for a while across different lines, and she's bringing that sort of American uh, uh, expectation, I think, to the Meraviglia specifically, and even the New York market. Honestly, you can really differentiate what a New Yorker is is expecting versus a, a Floridian, uh, you know, in terms of a cruise experience. But the deck parties, from what I heard from other guests, were were elevated. Uh, on the Maravilla uh, to really make it more competitive with what you'd get on another cruise line. But I agree. It, it just, another example is I went on board and I had to make all my dining reservations as soon as I got on board, right? There's no way to do that pre-cruise, which just leaves this bad first impression, at least for me. I, I mean, people are rushing to the restaurants to make a reservation. And then if you didn't get an early boarding time, you're done. No reservation. I, to me, those are things that you can just solve. In 2023, get a website that works. I had the the, the most difficult time trying to check in and link my uh, my uh, Voyagers Club number to my resume. It was just bizarre to me. And I had to print out this 12-page packet to bring with me. I, there's just something about MSC that is different. And we have to see, uh, you know, we have to see how it's how it's received. I think we have enough data now, and you mentioned it, to say that they're, you know, they're going to have a, a much harder time trying to recruit the the American consumer. And I don't think they've won in this space, despite many years of trying to do it. Um, but I know why they're doing it. I think there's a lot of money to make here, you know. So if they can come with a value proposition, the experience may be lacking. But if, you know, if, if the American uh, market finds a deal, they're going to hop on it. So I know that sh- these, sh- uh, these ships are full. I mean, the Meraviglia is full. And it's, uh, it's much more expensive than when they first went live in New York because I've been tracking the pricing. And, you know, 
it's working, you know, I guess for some people, but I, I'm still preferring the other cruise lines. I noticed that too. I noticed that they have uh, narrowed the gap as far as pricing goes, I guess. Yeah. And you touched on a bunch of the things that I wasn't even referring to, but it's totally valid. Like, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the booking uh, procedures and, you know, the paperwork and this and that. You're absolutely right. It's just, um, just all of it is, you know, they do the hard part, getting the ship built properly getting it uh you know staffed out market marketing and you know getting into these ports and just setting it up to where it is a beautiful beautiful ship with the private island everything they the hard parts they handle i would just think that the stuff that they miss on is the most fixable of all the stuff but hey listen i guess we'll uh We'll keep our eyes out there. They have a partnership that they're elevating with Formula One Racing. Uh, also, soccer brands like Paris, uh, St. Germain, and Chelsea. Also, as you mentioned, the New York Knicks, which yeah, I do think is interesting. They're jumping on the Nick bandwagon when they are, you know, I, I figure maybe they would try to latch onto that Brooklyn thing. But yeah, whoever's going to come with the money, I guess that's what's going to that's what it's going to be. Uh, they do have a new ship coming out called the. Eurebia, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but uh, one thing MSC has led the way on is sustainability. They already built uh, Ocean K Marine Reserve for their private island, and we know that that is all about sustainability. And for this brand new ship, they're saying the Eurebia will be the most environmentally sustainable ship ever built. Um, for the first time, MSC is unveiling an excessive design scheme on its hull. Uh, highlighting uh, the hashtag, uh, the message is save the sea. So you got to give them a little bit of credit hmm. for that, right? They're uh, trying to do their part when it comes to, uh, I guess, you know, the going green, sustainability, reducing their carbon footprint, right? Yeah. No, that's exciting to hear. I mean, in my business and consumer goods, it's, it's, you know, the top subject now, nowadays is sustainability and what are these big companies doing and, and are they doing their fair share, uh, you know, to, to make sure that we can cruise long into the future. So it is good to hear that they're investing in that. And I think you're right. I, their ships are state of the art and I think they're more than capable of, of, uh, of launching, you know, the most sustainable ship, uh, ever built. And I think it'll push the bar push the barrier for other cruise lines. I mean, they, they, uh, you know, they're all in friendly competition when it comes to some of these things. And I think it's not only going to help MSC, uh, but it'll help the industry and, and push the other lines to do better. So that's, uh, that's great news in terms of, uh, the new ship and, and, and the private Island. I agree. Uh, I was amazed when I went down there and, and saw it and it was just this beach Island, like this beach experience. I'm so used to the Coco Cay, uh, concept and experience and it's great. It's really great, but I, I, it feels like I'm at Disneyland at times. I, to me, it's like a lot of it's a lot to take in, and sometimes you just want the beach day, and that's exactly what I got in MSC. And it was great to kind of you, you felt like you were on this remote island, you know, and, and closer to nature, and, and I really enjoyed that. So, yeah, I think they have a they have a product. They just have to get it right. I, I, I I'm not an expert there. Yeah, no, the company's goal is uh, they want to. Whether this is realistic or not, they want to be emission-free fleet-wide by 2050. And, uh, you know, 
uh, you, you listen to Frank Del Rio, he'll laugh, he'll scoff at that in the way that only Frank Del Rio can. He'll say, there's no way that's going to happen. But, you know, I guess it remains to be seen. we got a quarter of a century to... Doesn't he have like a permanent cabin on the uh, getaway or something? What, what is he doing? Does he? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm joking. Oh. I mean, I, what is he doing? It's like, he's, is he just cruising now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't I know. Someone who just dropped off the... Uh, face of the earth but well, he was get, he was getting uh getting too close to you anyway so we, you're right you're i was right. happy to see him go he, he was he was i was worried he was going to come after you so. I, d- I think there was a hit i think he canceled the hit i think there was a tentative hit but <laughs> i think i made up for it with a couple of uh you know I, I i try to balance it out you know what i mean um all right but let's move it over speaking uh about things that are european things that are italian uh costa AKA Carnival Parmesan, AKA Funship Alfredo. They're borrowing a concept from their sister brand, Carnival. And they're, you know, the, 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 I guess it was more celebrated in the past. It's called the Voyages. You know, Carnival was doing this campaign where they were doing extended sailings and they were calling them Voyages. Uh, Ryan, how long is uh, too long of a cruise for you in general? Uh, anything over 15 days. So I'm, I think I'm in a different lane than you are. I, I, I don't think you, uh, 10 days you said was the longest cruise that you've been on. Right. So I, I do like a, a 12, a 14 day. Uh, so I would say anything over 15 days, but I, I can't say under 15 because I've done a few back to back and it, 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 I do enjoy it. Oh no, I, I, I do as well. Like there's, there's times when I've been on four day cruises when I honestly, uh, I never had a bad cruise, but I've been on four day cruises where I've been like, okay, that'll that'll be enough. Uh, but then I've been on ten day cruises where I wish they wouldn't end. So I guess it kind of, I guess it uh, it depends yeah, from me. That's true. What I will say is that you know, the Carnival came out with this voyages program, and the the verbiage on it was that it was going to be an ultra immersive experience. There was going to be a celebration of the destinations because maybe since it was longer cruising, the destinations would be a little bit more remote. So there'd be a little bit more of a cuisine pairing to some of these places. Now what I think they do, Ryan, and you correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I feel like Carnival just slaps the voyages term on any cruise over 10, 12 days, right? Yeah, I don't know. To be honest with you, I know it's a search filter on their website. And in fact, I just booked a cruise on the uh, Venezia, but uh, uh, I I think it was a nine-day sailing. So I, I'm not familiar with the voyaging, uh, the voyages concept uh, necessarily, but I, I'm sure that it's a marketing strategy. No, totally, totally. It just it just seems like they were making a big bigger deal about it than they were. So I figured that would be something that they would kind of maybe, I guess, gravitate away from. But they're going in with Costa, and you know these ships are going to range these sailings, I should say, are going to range from ten to fourteen days. They're going to go to places such as the Canary Islands, Turkey, Egypt, the Azores, 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 uh, Israel. Morocco. Uh, there's going to be special dessert selections prepared by Master of Pastry, Inguino Mazari. Inguino? In, Inguino Mazari, <laughs> I believe that's right. So he's the Master of Pastries. I don't know if he's. Um, I don't know if he's basically what pastries are to what Abe Froman is to sausages. If anybody uh, old enough gets that reference, but. 
On these sailings, there's going to be banquet parties, DJ sets, ice sculptures, uh, rock and roll music. Uh, you know what this sounds like to me? It sounds like a cruise, actually, to me. Uh, next thing you know, they'll be telling us that there'll be uh, journey-inspired towel animals or art auctions. I don't know. Again, point being, in my own sarcastic way, I think really these are just long cruises, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what the co- uh, cost of consumer is looking for, but – uh, they may they may feel threatened by the the party uh, the 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 music and DJing, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I, to me, I I don't know if I'll ever get on one. Maybe someday if I if I win the lottery, I'll, I'll get on one. But uh, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I don't know uh, what their consumers expecting. To me, it just sounds like a longer voyage. Maybe there's some strategy behind the ports they're picking. Uh, um, but yeah, it. A lot of this is branding, right? You have a product, and and you rely on your marketing team to, to sell the to sell the uh, you know to book it up. So that could be what they're doing here. Not that I haven't put you on the spot enough in your debut, and I by the way, I think as we round out towards the uh, the the end of the show, sort of getting closer, um, I, I want to say that I, I think for a first effort, I think you know, and again, we're both in the same boat here. No pun intended. Um, I got to stop saying that. Every time I say we're in the same boat, it's a pun. I don't have to address it every time. Uh, but it's, uh, I, I think the you know, cones. I will, I guess, encourage everybody to kind of you know, stick around for the ride. I think the show went. Uh, very, very well. I think we definitely touched on a bunch of things. I think we uh, hit on most of the components of the ICE method, which is inform, um, connect, and entertain, because I forget it every time I say it, and it's my own little acronym. Uh, but I think we I think we were off to a good start, and I think it'll get better and better each week. But as I continue to kind of like throw things at you that I wasn't uh, – you weren't expecting or suspecting – I always had this little mini conspiracy theory, not that I'm that guy, but cruise ships. They are this, I mean, there's nothing like cruise ships in, in the world. I mean, people kind of sleep on that from in terms the point of the structural wonderment of them. And uh, I, I just think it, it, it's a crazy to think there isn't some sort of a doomsday or wartime sort of plan in which in, for for which cruise ships would be used for i mean with this world uh seemingly seeming to lose its mind a little bit more every day and things get a little bit uh unsettled and you know let's just face it we're 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 in crazy times as they say do you have any sort of i guess uh feelings or thoughts upon, like, if there's something like a, if if certain land areas are no longer able to be lived on or functional, do you think there's any sort of a doomsday scenario or plan for cruise ships out of left field? I know there could be. I don't know how. Uh, you know, I'm trying to picture what what that would be. I mean, I know that being on the water uh, may be safer in the in certain circumstances, but uh, but yeah, I mean it. it you know, it's not for public use. That's always something that comes up, like cruise ships being used for homeless in New York or, or you know, I think the World Cup they were going to use it for, which I guess is private. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think cruising, cruise ships exist for, for one reason, really. And I, I think when 
people try to apply it as as a and you know for births really for 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 beds i think it it it's a slap in the face to cruising i think uh it's it's so much more than that um so i i don't know i, I you know to me in terms of doomsday you you hear about people on remote islands or on their own yacht yeah i think uh, i think it could could work but i've also been on sailings with 5000 people and it's not perfect harmony so you could have your own uh, uh <laughs> crazy civilization or society on, on some of these ships and in part they do, uh, they do currently, but yeah, I, I think, uh, in terms of doomsday, I, I don't know what it looks like in ter- for cruising, but I think, uh, I, I'll be on one. I, I would die on one. So <laughs> you handled that bizarre question, uh, very, very well. Um, I, th- I think my, my whole thing is that, you know, whatever it is, the power grid goes, something happens to where, you know, large portions of land become unlivable out of nowhere due to a volcanic eruption, whatever it is. I would just think there sh- what there should be all the important dignitaries, you know, however many uh, 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 births there are on a cruise ship, that should be kind of, I guess, uh, I guess, you know, e- compared to i guess who should be saved or whatever because there is a plan you know what i mean if there is like a nuclear fallout or something there's a list of people who get to go into the bunker you you, we all know that um but i just wonder the the cruise ship scenario on that but yeah enough of that i'm getting a little too deep getting a little crazy uh i don't know the summer heat's getting to me what can i tell you you know i i was talking to a coworker. it's not related to cruising but um, I guess he was reading where, you know, some experts came together, wrote an article kind of thing. But, uh, you know, if there's a major power outage in some, like, it, for example, if the whole United States or North America, if you will, loses power, we have like eight months to survive. Right. So th- those are the kind of things that to me are amazing. Like they said, like 99% of the people will not survive eight months if we're just out of power. Yeah. And, and that's really concerning to me. I, I don't want to think about those, uh, those circumstances, but, uh, but yeah, we had a, a little scare in New York recently where we lost power and I don't, I don't know what that looks like. We have enough, uh, enough craziness in the city with, uh, with power. And I, I fear if something like that were to happen, I mean, it, anything's game, a crime. And, and I, I can only imagine. I think there's a movie or two out there that that are like that. Yeah. Yes, it is absolutely scary. We have no idea what the hell's going to happen. I don't know. I, I I think I part of me thinks that a lot of this stuff is overblown because I think the media does make a lot of money selling fear. But at the same time, you do turn on the computer and on a lot of these home pages, or if you turn on any news outlet whatsoever, it seems like you know they've figured out the um the business model from which you'll make the most money is sending people into panic whether it's asteroids ufos nuclear war solar flares this is what the news is trying to throw at you left and right so i just think yes it is completely being exaggerated for money making purposes but then i also think sometimes you know they say manifestation is a real thing i just wish uh you know I wish I wish we'd all get along a little bit better as people, you know. It's true, it's true, and, and in a way, I you know I do enjoy getting on some of these ships, and uh, it's not perfect harmony, but it's I think better than uh, than being on land, and I think uh, you see people come together in a way that they wouldn't normally do on land, and 
you know, those forbidden subjects that, you know, bring up a Christmas dinner, you know, kind of, uh, kind of, uh, uh, the same rule applies on board, right? I don't hear people talking about politics or religion or, you know, it's kind of, uh, uh, a space where people can escape reality for whatever, seven, 10 days. And, and, uh, I think people are, are more friendly, uh, friendly and, uh, on, on ships in my experience. So, um, if only, you know, people would, uh, learn a few things to bring home and, and, uh, you know, the world would be a better place, but, but yeah, maybe that's the drink package. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, ladies and gentlemen, we have Ryan here now. So uh, all the emails that get sent in, it won't just be me trying to dear Abby this whole thing. We'll have uh, uh, multiple points of view for all your questions, comments, concerns, corrections. Uh, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Hit me your, with your emails. We don't have any emails this week, but yes, they are a lifeblood and will continue to be a lifeblood of the show. So we're looking forward to some uh, some emails this week. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Um, and that's pretty much it. Ryan, I want to thank you. Welcome you on board. And uh, you know what? We're going to have a good little run here, I think. Yeah, let's make this a regular thing. I'm really excited to uh, to see what we can cover. Uh, I'm sure we have a lot to talk about. So uh, I know we won't run out of uh, run out of topics, and uh, I, I am looking forward to the interaction with the listeners. Uh, so send us your emails, and and uh, you know if you're not already uh, participating on the on Facebook, join join there. And I I uh, I've enjoyed seeing the same names pop up already, and and I'm really excited to to meet uh, uh, more of of this community. And and thanks so much for inviting me in. Uh, I know uh, you know you have years of of, uh, of, of, of this that you've built. And, uh, I, uh, I respect that. And, uh, I think it's a new chapter, one that's exciting. And I think we're going to bring something, uh, unique to the listeners and hopefully, uh, hopefully you like it. And if you don't tell us that too, just <laughs> send us some emails. We'll get more topics and, uh, and, uh, more to talk about. So thanks again, Tommy, though, for having me. Absolutely. All right, you guys are the absolute best boat drinks cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away a little your big problems. You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine-nine tree. And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot. And I know this is the place for me. Get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away. I love your big problems You can worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere Well, all right, the boats And don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down, down in the sand where it's cool Put me down, and I 
And when I follow my stool, put me down I'll just sleep there till morning comes round With sunshine, ten ladies and pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leads from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leads from So get away to where the boat leads from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the So get away to where the boat leads from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leads from